Hi, welcome back to the Finding Wondrous Things podcast. Today we are going to be continuing the series on special needs, and today is going to be about the practical aspects of it, of um, picky eating and potty training, talking, all that fun stuff. So first, let's start with potty training. So my son was fully potty trained at seven years old. So first of all, I want to say anything I share is just from my experience. If you've heard that quote, that is, it goes something like, if you've met an autistic person, you've met one autistic person, which basically just means every single person is different, which every kid is different anyways. But I have found that a lot of times, like certain things that I did with my daughter, I can do with my daughter now in just discipline and training. Um, But with an autistic kid, it's a lot different. So I'm just sharing my experience. But obviously, if you have therapists or you have, you know, different ideas, obviously you can try those. I just want to share what worked for me. So first, we'll go back to the beginning. Um, Sitting on the toilet, if he sat, my son sat on the toilet, he would scream. And I mean like literally scream. Um, So we had to do this progressive way of getting him to do the whole process of actually going in the toilet. So what we started with is I would change his diaper in the bathroom. So that was like step one. So when I used to change his diaper, it was always just in the living room, in the bedroom, just wherever. And so what we started to do is take him into the bathroom and change him and just take off his, you know, and just say, we're going to go to the bathroom. Let's, let's go change your diaper in the bathroom. And so we go in there, shut the door and take off his diaper, put on a new diaper, and, and that was it. That was kind of like step one was just to move him from the living room into the bathroom. After that, we would then, well, the other thing we actually did is we had him take out his, um, his trash. So when he would go pee or poop, we had him take the diaper, put it in a bag and we made him walk and I walked with him, but walk all the way, you know, outside into the garage, into outside to throw it in the trash can. And our thinking behind that was that it was going to be a long process. And for him, what he wanted is always to get back to playing, get back to coloring. And so our thought process was if we kind of make this a long process, eventually he'll kind of understand like, hey, if I go on the toilet, there's nothing to throw away. Right when I'm done, I can go play. So that was kind of another tricky thing we did, I guess, where we were just like, hey, you have to, you you went to the bathroom in your toilet, like you went to the bathroom in your diaper, you need to go take it out. So we had him take it out. And then what we would do is after we had him just changing his diaper in the bathroom, we would then have him sit on the toilet. So we would change his diaper, get him fully clothed, have him sit on the toilet with the, the lid shut for 10 seconds, counting to 10. And he whined the whole time, but just counted to 10. And when 10 was up, be like, you did awesome. You sat there for 10 seconds. Good job. Now you can go play. Um, If your child is not, (laughs) wasn't as scared of the toilet as mine, you could probably skip some of these steps, but this is what we had to do. So we did that for like a week. And then we would open up the toilet seat and have him again, clothed, sit on there. And we did this every, you know, we did this for like a week or two and we kind of just progressed. So then we would 
have him sit on the toilet like he was going to the bathroom. If you can catch them and you like that, you know, like, hey, he has to go to the bathroom. That's great. We could never catch him at the beginning. So we would just have him go to the bathroom in his diaper, take it off and then have him sit on the toilet and say, hey, do you need to go to the bathroom again? And then we started with the rewards. So when he sat on the toilet, if he peed, he got one gummy bear. If he pooped, he got two gummy bears. And then that was basically the process. And he eventually just, and you just keep practicing. And, and then when we wake up in the morning, the first thing we do is go sit on the toilet. We did not do anything where he had to sit on the toilet for like 30 minutes. Like we did not force it. So it was probably a slower process, but uh, that's what we did for a very long time. So he would sit on the toilet. If he peed, he got a gummy. And and he learned very quickly, hey, if I don't, you know, if his diaper was dry too. So if I went in and opened up his diaper and said, your diaper's dry, then he'd get a gummy. So very quickly, like he loves gummies. <laughs> very quickly, he understood it. And then we just moved from that to obviously like the... Um, the nighttime things. And then same thing. If he woke up in the morning, uh, pull-ups, sorry, I could not think of the name, uh, pull-ups. And then if he woke up in the morning and it was dry, he got a gummy. So he learned that very quickly. I think my concern is always, how do you wean them off of the gummies? And we did it where we did this for a very long time. I would say like six to eight months of gummies, right. Of just like encouraging him going to the bathroom and once he had it, then we started doing the gummies randomly. So sometimes he'd get it, sometimes he wouldn't. Now, this is when they have the skill completely. Like he can go to the bathroom. He's really not going in his diaper at all. He's not even wearing diapers. He's wearing underwear. Because then he gets to a point where he's like, oh, I expect a gummy. And even now, sometimes he will say gummy. And I'm like, Mikey, you know you don't get a gummy now. <laughs> and so the way to like kind of wean them off is just randomly doing it. So sometimes he pees and you just go, awesome, you did so good and still praise them, but we didn't do the gummy. And then sometimes we would give it. So then eventually we just stopped completely and he did totally fine. So that's always kind of was my concern when starting this is like, oh, how do I wean him off gummies? I don't want to forever have to give him gummies if he goes to the bathroom, but it all works out to where you get to a point where you really don't need to do the gummies anymore. So another helpful thing is just to have pecs or routine cards that just basically show the routine of you go into the bathroom, you know, turn the light on, pull down your pants, sit on the toilet, go to the bathroom, wipe, like just like different cards that if your kid can read that say what it is and if they can't like pictures so that they know the full schedule. So that was really helpful for going to the bathroom and washing hands. Washing hands was another hard one where Mikey did not want to wash his hands. And same thing, like if he had to wash his hands, he would scream. And so same thing, we're just like, you do it for five seconds, then do it for 10 seconds. We made up a song um, that goes, uh, palms, fingers in between, outside, outside, one, two, three, four, five. He still to this day sings that song. Basically what that means is like, palms so scrub your hands with soap with palms do your fingers in between so clean in between your fingers do the outside of your fingers and then one two three four five just makes it so that he does it for longer and sometimes if I'm helping him I will say like one two three like I kind of drag it out a little bit so he's washing his hands for a little bit longer than just five quick seconds but that really helped him 
when he goes to school, I always tell them, hey, here's our song that we do. And so it's very helpful because he can go to different places and continue on and, you know, hopefully wash his hands good at other places too. Okay, let's talk about picky eating. Um, same concept. Like everything we did is just rewards and trying different things. So at one point, Mikey was eating bagels, hot dogs, french fries, and chicken nuggets. And literally that is it. And so the first time he had regular chicken, so not like breaded chicken nuggets, but like regular chicken, he threw up. So he was very sensitive to that stuff. I think it was just he wasn't used to it. The texture was different. But we knew that he needed to eat better. So we started practicing with different foods. So we would choose a new food, just one new food, and try it for several weeks. Um, So each kid is different. But for Mikey, um, he was just throwing it up because he didn't like the texture. So we did a basic reward system. So if he had a piece of chicken, he would get a highly preferred item like a gummy bear. Most of the time, everything is gummy bears to him. He really, that was super helpful to have the gummy bears. So We'd give him the piece of chicken. If he ate it, he got a gummy bear. And we did that at first. When he would then, he was used to it, then we'd say, okay, now you have to eat like a whole plate of chicken. So eat your whole plate of chicken, then you get a gummy bear. Um, and we did, and then we phased that out. We did, um, you know, we could do like chips or uh, veggie sticks, just different kinds of things. So that is what we did for food. Um, it looks different now. We don't do choices for dinner. We don't do rewards. Whatever I put on their plate, that's what they eat. And he is actually not a picky eater at all. I would say he's my least picky eater. My daughter's probably more picky than he is. So he will eat any vegetable, any anything, anything I put on his plate. So it's come a long way. But at the beginning, the most helpful thing was doing rewards and then just not overwhelming them with a bunch of different choices and not saying like, hey, you're going to try Uh, you know, these veggies today and mashed potatoes and like all this stuff. Even things like bread is a highly preferred item. So if we had a plate of meat and veggies and bread, we would usually take the bread and put it on our plate and then he would eat the other food. And then when he was done, he got the bread and he always knew. And we said, hey, once you finish your food, once you finish your veggies, you can have your bread. So he was always kind of working towards something. But as I said, now he eats anything and everything. So um, I do think the reward system is really helpful at the beginning if you are just starting to try to get your picky eater to eat something else and then just keeping it simple with trying one food. So try carrots and try them different ways. Try them cooked, try them uncooked and just kind of see what they like. Um, You know, cutting them up and just doing different things to, you know, to get them to eat them. Also hiding hiding it. Like we did, you know, like in pasta, we'd put like little pieces of carrots or doing stuff like that to get them to eat veggies. And then we'd say, hey, you're eating carrots um, just so that they would be eating healthier, but not really realizing it. Okay, so I just want to cover two more things, repeating and then talking. So repeating is kind of just a quick little one. If your kid repeats things often. That's what my son does. Now that he is talking, he does a lot of repeating. What I have found is at the beginning, he was repeating because he wanted to, I think, know that he was saying things correctly or know that I understood him. So he might say fish in the water. 
fish in the water, fish in the water. He would say it multiple times. And then I would say, Mikey, is there a fish in the water? And then he'd be like, okay. And then he'd walk away or he'd be go back to playing because he just wanted to hear it and also know that I knew what he was saying. Um, now we've kind of gotten into a phase where he likes to repeat and when he repeats, he doesn't stop. And so I've discovered, I've tried different things. And one thing I discovered is when he's repeating the same word over and over again, he honestly wants to have a conversation. So the other day he was talking about a forest and he was just like, forest, forest, forest. And I was like, okay, forest. And he just kept repeating it. I said, hey, Mikey, is there animals in your forest? And he was like, yeah. I said, okay, what kind? And he said, yeah, 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 animals. I said, okay, is there a dinosaur in your forest? Dinosaur. I said, is there a Carnotaurus? That's his favorite dinosaur, a Carnotaurus in your forest. And then he thought that was funny because it rhymed. And so he's like, yes, Carnotaurus in my forest. Forest is green. I said, oh, cool. Is there water? And so like we had this whole conversation and, and I've, ke- I've kept trying that and I found that it works for him to stop repeating. So I think he's now repeating because he wants to have a conversation and talk about it. So when he starts repeating, um, Noah's Ark is one of his favorites. So he'll talk about Noah's Ark. And then I always just ask him question like, Hey, why, what, how many days and nights did it rain? And then he'll say 40, you know, why did, why did it rain? And, and, uh, who should, who did Noah need to, like, who did Noah obey? And he'll say God. And so I try to kind of expand upon it so that his repeating has a purpose and it's not just him endlessly repeating something. And then talking, uh, to get him to talk, we used pecs. So it's P-E-C-S. It's a picture communication system. And I'm sure if you um, are in any special needs stuff or the classroom, like these are very, very popular. Uh, We really liked them. I had them all over the house. So we had pictures printed on the fridge of snacks and food and drinks. And so if he wanted a drink, he would go get it. And it's like a if you don't know, again, if you're like super starting out, it's basically a little picture and it'd be like a picture of a drink and you laminate it and then you Velcro it. So you either Velcro it to a book or you can Velcro it different places. So I had a whole thing on the fridge with little Velcros and then all the pictures. And so when he wanted a drink, he would go pull it off and he'd come give it to me. And that was his way of saying, I need a drink. And and then in, in to encourage him to talk, obviously we did, you know, oh, do you need a drink? And, you know, have him say yes. And then, you know, practice the word drink. But that was his way of communicating with us was really just by pictures for a very long time. So we had the food and snacks. We had toys. I actually took pictures of all of the toys that we had because we were trying to teach him not to like get out every single toy. So, I mean, just, it's so crazy when I think back, like he could not even tell us a simple thing, like what toy he wanted to play or what uh, movie he wanted to watch. And so we had every movie that we liked, that he liked or TV show. I had pictures of those laminated. I had all the toys and then things like school, car. I had a picture of my car. Uh, I had a picture of my parents' car in case we were going to go in their car. We had to get very specific just because he liked routine and he didn't like not knowing. And then we would make sentence strips or like routines. So for the routine, I would just have it and say, okay, we're going to go to school. Then we're going to get back in, you know, but Mimi's going to pick you up. Your grandma's going to pick you up. So I'm going to put a picture of my mom's car and say, okay, now Mimi's going to pick you up. And then we're going to go to this store. And I mean, I had 
Target and different stores and all of it. And we did that for many, many years. I mean, he was completely nonverbal. And, and then we did the sentence strips. So then he got to the point where then we would have him say, you know, I want to go play with this toy. And so we'd have the word I want, and he'd kind of learn those other words rather than just saying like, I want blocks, you know, or just saying blocks to us. We try to teach him the other, you know, the other um, words like I want blocks. And then after that, we actually qualified for a device um, through insurance. And I think a lot of it was at the time because we had been using the PEC system so much. I had them in my car. I had a binder I just brought with me. And then the speech therapist had it. The schools had it. And we would exchange cards. Um, so sometimes the teacher would say, hey, we're using this card for this. And they would give it to me. Um, we did a first then system too. So always do like first was something not preferred. Like first you're going to do this worksheet. Then we're going to go play with a puzzle, um, play outside. And so we did first then a lot at home and at school. And then he got the device and the device is basically the same thing. We just with pictures. And so I was able to put our pictures in. And so he would use that. And I just let him use it whenever he wanted. There were times where he would just sit in his room and, and, and he learned it pretty fast. So they came to our house with a few different devices and they put them down and they said, okay, we're going to see which one he can do. And he could do all of them. He would go to one and he'd like play for a few minutes and figure it out. And then he'd go to the other one and figure it out. So we went with a non-iPad device just because iPads are very highly preferred items uh, for him at the time. We don't even do iPads with him anymore, but at the time we did and it was highly preferred. So we decided to go with a non-iPad and, and he used that for many years. We do still have it. I have him bring it to school sometimes, like for the speech therapist, but we really honestly don't need it. He can talk now pretty much uh, normal, like everybody else. So I do think the pecs were really helpful. The pecs are also helpful for just him being able to express himself. So even if he couldn't talk, he could tell us what was going on, what he wanted. And it really helped with the screaming because he did a lot of screaming and temper tantrums because he was upset because he couldn't talk and he couldn't tell us what he wanted. And so he would just scream. And so the pecs were very helpful and him being able to communicate with us. So we use those for a very long time and I love them. The other thing we did do is sign language. We didn't do a ton, but we did basic stuff like more, thank you, please, sorry, help, and I think that's it. But just some base of oh, drink, uh, maybe food, eat. And so he was able to do that. And that did, that doesn't take very long. Even my two year old does it. I mean, but we taught I taught her sign language at I think like six months old. I started it, and and she was like instantly able to say milk. And so even now she's like, if she, I mean, she can talk, uh, kind of, but she will still sign stuff. And even Mikey sometimes like he'll be like help. And then like, if I, if I don't, if I don't like go help him right then, he'll come over to me and he'll like do the sign like, hello, I need help. Do you see my hands? So uh, the sign language was very helpful too. I didn't do a ton. Just those basic signs were very helpful for him to be able to communicate with us. Okay. I think that's it. Um, I just kind of wanted to share the more practical stuff. It's, it's super helpful to have a therapist if you're able to. 
because all the stuff that I'm telling you, like we did do with a therapist, we had different therapists in the home at school. I mean, but I learned all this from like different speech therapists, different OTs, uh, different people at the school, and then some in-home therapy, ABA therapy. It was just super helpful. But I do think one of the things that are most helpful is just try something different. Try If something isn't working, just try something different. Uh, that's what we did. Even things like discipline or what to do when he's screaming or something like, like he throws himself on the ground a lot and we try different things. We tried to pick him up. He, he likes when you pick him up, he thinks it's funny. So for a while at school, he would throw himself on the ground and then he would say, two teachers come and pick me up and he starts laughing. And so I told the teachers, I said, Hey, he thinks it's funny. He's thrown himself on the ground on purpose. And so then they stopped and they said, Mikey, we're not going to pick you up. And then he started walking to class himself. So (laughs) sometimes they're tricky. But uh, what we always say is big boy feet. We're like, hey, can I see your big boy feet? And that usually got him to be like, oh yeah, I'm a big boy. And then he would stand up and he would walk. But like we had to try different things. So that's always my biggest tip is just try different things. If you are doing something with your child and it's not working, then try something else and see if that'll work. I mean, with the pecs, with going to the bathroom, it's just we tried so many different things. I did keep a notebook. Me and his therapist would keep a notebook of just different things we were trying and working on and progress. I think one of my biggest tips would be keep a progress journal and you can either date it or you can just write like bullet points. It doesn't have to be fancy. Sometimes I even keep it in my notes, but when he would do something new and even something like he would say the word more instead of signing it, he would say more. I would type in there in my notes, Mikey said more. And then if he, you know, went to the bathroom today, I'd type in, went to, sat on the toilet today or whatever it is. But it was so helpful because when you are in the thick of it and you, it feels like a lot and there's a lot of things you have to work on and you're probably working on different stuff for speech and OT and all these things, it can feel very overwhelming and it can feel like nothing's changing and there's no progress. And so it was helpful for me to have this notebook or have this note that just had all these things and accomplishments that he was making. So that's um, just another little tip. I really, it was really helpful. And it's even fun just to look back and be like, wow, look at all the things he did this last month or this last year and look how far he's come and being grateful for where he's at rather than like focusing on like, oh, we got to work on this goal and this goal. It's helpful to look back and say, well, look at how far he's come. So I hope those tips and practical uh, things help you. 